Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop step. Off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Nick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. All the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, what's going on, people? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 97. On this episode, we'll be briefly talking about what happened in week 13, talk about week, our week 14 matches that we want to highlight. We'll be talking through the Thursday night game and you know any other random stuff that we might hit up. So, Ike, how you doing today? Good, man. Good. I'm sad that it's towards the – when we're at the last week of the fantasy regular season. Mm. It just seems like we just started doing the, you know, started doing this year's shows, and you know, it was sunny and it was hot. We were in shorts outside, tank tops, and now we're just it's bundling up for the cold. Christmas is around the corner, and then also fantasy playoffs around the corner. Yep. This is the last week. A lot of chaos can happen in many leagues that we're in together because there's a bunch of people fighting for one spot, a couple yeah. people fighting for two spots. Oh, it's going to be a very, very interesting week 14. So, you know, we have Washington and Arizona on by. Don't really have that many prominent players from those teams. But we're going to get, by and large, a full slate. A full slate of, uh, you know, viable fantasy players. I know there's some leagues that are actually in the playoffs right now, like FFPC and places like that. They're in the playoffs right now. So if you were... Scott Fishbowl, if you were if you were relying on any players from Washington or Arizona for any reason, Trey McBride's on by, so that's going to hurt hurt some people. Kyler Murray's on by, so that's going to probably hurt some people. So yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a very very interesting one. Yeah, there's, I mean, some of the leagues that we are in, those last couple spots are very boy. I I don't think I've ever seen this many teams fighting over one or two spots in a, in a while. I know in our prominent home league of, what, 11 years, I think we got like six different teams that can all get one spot. But because of point differential, some a couple of people are going to need gonna need some, some miracles to happen for them to get in. But I know the other league with some people I went to college with, we got two spots available for like seven teams. Again, like I a can't. lot of – I can't see that far down, honestly. In that, yeah, league, I can't. So, I can't either, man. You know, I got. You got to move that. You got to scroll past the ads. Scroll, that one, scroll past the, the ads. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even. Know. I, I can't even. I don't even know who's fighting for those spots. We we don't know. We're because we're we're the we're one two in that league. So I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's fighting for those bottom 
barreled scrapes. I don't know. <laughs> scraps. I don't know. <laughs> but speaking of scraps, the 49ers left the Eagles fighting for scraps on Sunday. They beat they beat the dog S H I T out of them <laughs> in yeah. in their in their house in their house. 49ers. I mean, they're they're. I mean, this proves that they're the best team in the league. Far and away, they blew out. The, they mm-hmm. put forty-two on the Cowboys. Our Cowboys. They put forty-two on the Eagles. You know, they blew out the Jacksonville Jags coming out of the bye, thirty-one to three. And I, I know the Jags are, are a little little weaker now because they don't have Trevor Lawrence. But it just seems like when the 49ers go up against really really good teams, they they stomp them out. They right. they, they don't just beat them. They just beat them to submission. They they right. stomp them out. Brock Purdy just another four touchdown performance. And you know I was listening to a I was listening to a pod earlier, and Brock Purdy averages twenty three points per game versus you know top ten opponents when it comes to you know fantasy points allowed. So whenever he's facing soft defenses or just top ten people, top ten defenses or you know just top ten uh, teams in general, he he shows out. He shows out. I mean the the three the three teams that I mentioned Dallas, Jacksonville, and uh, Philadelphia. A combined 852 yards, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> now we flawless can, victory, flawless <laughs> victory. But we you know we can talk about you know we can talk about yeah, how you know a lot of his yards aren't you know his I mean, his yards per attempt is really really high, but that's because the receivers are helping him. But at the same time, only 49 percent of his yards are from yards after catch, so that's not that's like middle of the pack. And so we were kind of expecting that to be, you know, relatively higher. But I, I laughed at this tweet from Ian Harditz. So most career yards per attempt on passes thrown to targets behind the line of scrimmage over the last decade. You know who's number one? Is it your boy Brock? It's Brock Purdy. He's number one. You know who's number two? Number two. Who would be number two? Is it Baker? No. Who is number two? All right. Uh, let me go with Daniel Jones. Jimmy Garoppolo. Ah, of course. <laughs> and that's according to, to, to PFF. But I just thought it was funny that <laughs> San Francisco, man. Yeah, and then you, and then you, you, and then before the show, before the show started, you you showed me a tweet about Debo Samuel having, you know, a, you know, one air yard, four targets, and three rush attempts, and turned that into 138 scrimmage yards with three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. It, it's 40, it, it was, 40 fantasy points. 40 fantasy points and barely used. Just so basically every time he touched the ball, he was getting a lot of yards. But yeah, the, the 49ers, back to the 49ers, yeah, they're just they're just super dominant. And I don't know, man. Uh, I can't wait until that game they play against the Ravens on Christmas on Christmas Day. That's gonna be a very, you know, a very if they blow out the Ravens. You just might as well just sign, just sign the trophy over to the 49ers, you know, <laughs> just, just sign it over. Just, you know, you know, simulate the rest of the season with the 49ers in the Super Bowl and whoever from the AFC wants to step to them, take a step to them. Because if they yeah. blow out the Ravens, whew, boy, man, yeah, I, I, the, I, would, I would hope the Ravens figure out their offense in, in that game, because, I mean, going three and out or you, you, you know, make it to six five or six plays and you don't score i mean on the other side it could get it could go ugly for for that defense but i know the defense is good but it can get ugly if you're always on the field so hopefully they can figure out that offense yeah exactly exactly but i do want to ask you a question 
Now, over the over the you know last you know fourteen weeks, we've been doing the show. You know, we've been fading certain players. We've been you know, praising certain players, but some of those players that we've been fading have actually been balling, and vice versa. So, my question to you, I'll I'll let you start first. What fantasy player do you owe an apology to? All right, um, you know this guy. He has been. Pretty much what he's running back three for the year. I think he was being drafted mid-teens, I believe, in terms of our ADP. I think he was getting drafted around the third round. And I was just like, I don't want any business of him because we thought a rookie was going to be prominent. And it did not even come close to even him being usable. He's barely, he. I mean, is, is he getting healthy scratch? That's how bad he's been. But. You know, Travis Etienne, my uh, my African brother, I, I I apologize for for fading you, my guy. I I, I didn't mean it. Just <laughs> apologize. I was I was blind, but now I can see, man. My bad. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a good one. We both faded him. We both didn't think he was gonna be. And and, and Tank Bigsby, what an airball that was. I know, what man. An airball that was like, Jeez. oh my goodness, he doesn't even get out the field. He doesn't. Nah, man. Oh. It was one of those things, you know, Doug Peterson. He didn't draft Travis Etienne. He drafted this guy in the third round. It was his guy. We know Doug Peterson loves rotating backs. I just figured, all right, cool. We 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 got one here. Nope. He said, I'm not ready for I'm not ready for prime time, man. And then we saw when the we saw him in the preseason, like ripping off some long runs. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. he's about to be involved. He's about to get some mm-hmm. work. Nope. Oh. Oof. Big fat zero. Big fat zero. Big five uh, wolf. Yeah. Uh but so the guy that I want to I want to touch on really quick, it's you know, at the beginning of the season we saw this guy start, you know, he was throwing some touchdown passes and you know, he was the QB, the fantasy QB four at, at, at one at one point earlier in the season. And we were like, Man, how is he getting away with this with this, you know, awful efficiency? But he's you know, he's you know, he's he's scoring fantasy points. And then things started to catch up with them. They went on a little bit of a losing streak. He got worse and worse. Um, but then over the last, you know, five games, he's he's turned it around. He's turned it around. He's he's been balling. Most recently, Sunday night against the Chiefs, prime time mm-hmm. starts. You know, he he cooked the Chiefs. I'm talking about Jordan Love. Talking about yeah. Jordan Love. Uh, I owe you an apology. I owe you an apology. We were fading you. We you know we we looked at you know all the all the advanced metrics, the the CPOE, you know, uh, EPA per play. All those, all those advanced efficiency metrics. You were at the very, very bottom. We didn't think what you were doing early in the season was sustainable, but you know, you you turned it around. Last five games, eleven touchdowns, two interceptions, around eight yards per pass attempt. You know, and the, the Packers they're starting to you know dial up more pass you know pa- you know more passes in general. Pass rate over expected over the last five games. They're fifth in the NFL. Now they still have a negative, you know, PR, you know, PRE on the season, but it's pretty encouraging over the last five weeks, and they're four and one in that span. So they're actually winning games because they are passing the ball a little bit more. And so Jordan Love, keep cooking, keep cooking, uh, young bull. They got the Giants coming up, a very mm-hmm. soft matchup. They, Food. you know, they're not gonna, you know, I don't think they're gonna really threaten uh, the Packers. So let's let's just no, let's let's hope he can keep this going. But Jordan Love, I owe you an apology. Owing apology. Keep keep rocking. Yeah. Keep rocking. Yep. That keep was a good one. He's he's he he's been balling. I think he's QB five since the last five weeks. So 
yeah, man, he's uh, turned it around. You know, the staff is, you know, still making it a little easy for him, you know, in terms of like the play calling wise, they are throwing the ball more and he's gaining rapport with those younger receivers too. So and Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones has been out too. Aaron Jones yeah. has not had, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup and barely used, but they've been relying on Jordan Love and, you know, kudos to them for, you know, trying to, trying to unlock their young quarterback. And so, yep. It's, yep. And especially kudos with, with them not even having a running game on top of that. Cause AJ Dillon has been like a, literally a zero. I think his best game was against the chiefs and, even still, that wasn't even really that good of a showing, but it was better than we've seen in a, in, in a little while. So a lot of volume, and then he was able to you know accumulate yards. So yeah, yeah, absolutely extend extend some drives, extend drives. So, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the burning questions for this Week 14 matchups. The first game I want to talk about is the Rams at Baltimore. Them Baltimore coming off a bye, favored by a touchdown with a 40 game total, and you know. Like we we talked about a little bit about their offense, they don't have Mark Andrews, so they are using Isaiah Likely. We did see him come in and he did a little bit of, I mean, he did a little bit of work in the first game that he he replaced them, replaced him. He saw six targets. We saw Keaton Mitchell. He had more more touches than Gus Gus Edwards before the bye. So my question to you is, what do you think? How do you think this thing is going to be split? Nope, them coming off the bye. We did also see, I think there was four four or five different people that ended up running the ball that game before they went on bye, but Keith Mitchell was the one that was pretty much quote-unquote featured and not Gus Edwards. So how do you think this is going to go for Keith Mitchell coming off the bye? Well, I mean, I, I think we we started to see the trend. We started to see the trend over the last couple of games before the bye. It was Keith Mitchell trending up. He was getting more carries, more opportunities. He outsnapped Gus Edwards, outcarried Gus Edwards, and just had gotten, you know, just saw more playing time in general um, than, than Gus Edwards. And actually, if you want to, you know, if, if we're keeping it in a buck, Justice Hill outsnapped Gus Edwards before the, before the bye week. So Keith Mitchell, I, I think now they, you know, they've had the bye, they've had some time to kind of think about how, you know, they want to they deploy their running backs, you know, deploy their running back room. Conventional wisdom would suggest that they're going to unleash him, right? They're going, he's going to lead the backfield. He's going to be the guy that's, I mean, because he's explosive. He he provides another element of that run game, you know, with Lamar Jackson and then, you know, Keaton Mitchell, imagine Keaton, keep, you know, Keaton Mitchell, you know, running, <laughs> you're running up the middle, you know, in a wide open run lane with this four, three speed, right? So they'll, they'll create more opportunities like that in the run game. And then, yeah, I, I think they'll, we're going to see, a, a, you know, a lot of Keaton Mitchell, Probably we'll see some Gus Edwards at the goal line, vulturing touchdowns because that's you know they'll they they tend to to put the bigger back in, but you know, you never know. Maybe Keaton Mitchell will earn some goal line carries as well. But I I, I definitely like Keaton Mitchell to you know to to take over the Ravens' backfield coming off of the bye. Yeah, I I, I agree with you to a certain extent. I know, like you said, we did see Keaton Mitchell lead in snaps before the bye, but. Cus Edwards was pretty much neck to neck with them in terms of actual rush attempts, but I mean, it still wasn't much. It was still twenty seven percent for Keith Mitchell and you know twenty four percent for Gus Edwards. So, I mean, that's I mean that's barely over fifty percent. So, uh, I mean, other people got in the mix. So, it'll be tricky. You're gonna need Keith Mitchell to probably like have an explosive run, basically be used at, at like a chain. Like you need him to the bust some 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 uh, explosive runs for him to make 
for him to make sense in your lineup. But I understand the the gamble and the and the the chance on taking in your lineups because at this point, some teams are going to need need that type of you know juice in their lineup for what could potentially happen with him you know carrying the rod. Uh, yeah. For the Rams, I know we we mentioned I know before before they went on their uh, before they came back from their bye that Kyron Williams was probably going to be the guy coming back because nobody else has really shown anything. And sure enough, since he came out from injury, he's been the RB1, which is crazy for somebody that we didn't really believe in. <laughs> he came out of Notre Dame and, you know, him not even being able uh, available to play his first year. So it's just amazing to see. But just keep in mind, Baltimore is allowing just 15 and a half fantasy points to running backs in the last four, which is third best. So, should be an interesting test for for him versus this uh, Ravens defense. Yeah, so just real quick, a uh, quick note about the receivers, though. You know, Puka Nakua is seemingly taking over the number one wide receiver role because Cooper Cup has not he hasn't he hasn't looked the same. He has not looked the same over the last you know six games. He's failed to crest fifty yards receiving. I know he scored a touchdown last week and had six catches. You know, his most you know, since week six, but he he just. Doesn't look right. He doesn't look right. Hopefully, he has another couple of weeks to, you know, to you know to heal and 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 get and get going because week fifteen, the Rams they have Washington and they're the you know the you know one of the worst defenses of, you know defending anything, defending anything that runs towards you. Um, they you know they have New Orleans sandwiched in there, but then after that they have the Giants. So another another great matchup. So in the fantasy playoffs, pretty favorable schedule. So we just need these receivers healthy. I know Pukunukua had a shoulder injury. They called it an AC joint sprain. And I think he he, he was limited in the walkthrough. Sean McVay said that he did everything. He was kind of confused yeah. at, at the wording. So no, 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 whatever. In any event, Pukunukua will be fine for week 14. And then hopefully onward, if they manage his practice reps, uh, you know, accordingly. Yeah, but moving on to that from that game, let's move on to you know let's stay in the you know the NFC West, Seattle at San Francisco, San Francisco ten and a half point favorites, forty seven you know point total. This is the you know the first games you know the first game was week twelve a couple weeks ago. So imagine playing the forty nine or two out of the last three weeks, getting bullied and beat up um, by by that team. Like that's mm. that 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 is that is a tough draw for any team to have to face the forty nine ers two two you know two times in three weeks. Um, but, you know, the first time, first game, Christian McCaffrey dominated over 115 yards. I'm sorry, over, you know, 114 yards, two touchdowns, caught five passes, RB2 overall. Seattle, they just getting ravaged by, 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 by run, running backs, running backs in general. They allow the fifth most fantasy points and receptions per game to running backs. So you can, you can run on Seattle, running backs catch passes on Seattle, you know, rushing TDs. You can get it, you can get in, like you can do whatever you want to this you know, Seattle you know, the Seattle, uh, you know, rush defense. And I think we're going to see more of the same. It's going to, you know, San Francisco, 10 and a half point favorites. What does that tell you? Positive game script, most likely. Chris McCaffrey will probably see, you know, 20 plus touches again, scored on a couple of touchdowns. I actually might bet that this weekend, Chris McCaffrey has scored multiple touchdowns. So that's probably, what, plus 200, I think, anytime. Probably. Yeah, it'll probably be something, Maybe. Something, along, something along those something lines. Something like that. I know him scoring a touchdown will probably be close to minus 200. So. Oh, it'll be like over, like, it'll be like minus two, 230 or something. Something crazy. <laughs> it's like a formality at this point. Like, if you're if you're doing, like, underdog pickums, Christian McCaffrey over under, you know, over a half a rushing t- touchdown, That that's like an auto bet. 
So if yeah. they if they give it out to if you. they give it out if they give out if they give out that freebie right <laughs> it might as well be like a promo might as well be like a promo, a promo. <laughs> right you know just give out a free oh Chris McCaffrey just score a touchdown oh that's easy right <laughs> um, but I mean that's that's basically it I know Brock Purdy's playing fantastic right now and you know just came off of a four touchdown game in, uh, at Philly you know but I, but I but I will say though. Both games don't necessarily would go. They they wouldn't necessarily go the same way, like blowouts. So maybe Seattle could be comp- competitive in this game. What do you what do you think about Seattle? Uh, Seattle's chance. I wouldn't say chances, but what do you think about Seattle's outlook for this game? Uh, I don't think it looks good. We don't know about the running backs. I'm, we we haven't heard anything about if Kenneth Walker is going to be ready to go. Uh, I've already been seeing that Charbonnet is doubtful. So you're going to be relying on DJ Dallas. To lead your backfield, Oof. that's that's not a good look. They have that's, Kenny McIntosh who hasn't played yet. Maybe he can give true. them. Maybe they, he can give them a little uh, something in the receiving yep. game. Maybe he'll Out be a little Keaton Mitchell, Tyree, uh, the Spears type of thing. Who knows? But you know, Gino is pretty much the main question. He'll be the catalyst, and I don't know if I want to trust him. He was weak. He was quarterback thirty when he played him at home two weeks ago. Now you're on the. Now you're at. San Francisco and you're and you're a double digit underdog. I mean, during week 12 we saw 11% of his throws were turnover worthy. The only quarterbacks that had a higher percentage of throws that could have been turnovers was Zappy, Mac Jones mm. and 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 Browning. Mm. Ugh. Pressure rate during that game was almost 46%, was fifth highest during that week. Pressure sack rate was fifth highest during that week. His checkdown rate was almost at 15%, which was the second highest of the season during that game. So that just tells this just sounds like that they can't protect him and he doesn't have time to throw to his weapons. Uh, also, uh, this is the second worst adjusted fantasy points allowed matchup this week. San Francisco is fourth in EPA per pass allowed and EPA per play allowed. Uh, when they played at San Francisco last year during the regular season, they only scored nine points. Um, man, I don't know, man. I don't I don't trust anything for this offense this week, honestly. Now we did see DK. He did he did do a number on the Cowboys, specifically in that first half. Uh, but overall he had six touchdowns for I mean, not six touchdowns, but it seemed like it, but he had three touchdowns, six yeah. receptions, hundred and thirty four yards. The way the Cowboys were covering him. He could have had six yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know, but yeah, overall, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't really trust anything in this offense versus San Francisco, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I definitely get it. All right. Next game I want to talk about is Buffalo at KC. KC is a, a two and a half point favorite with a game total of 47. Who can we trust for the struggling KC offense in fantasy? We've seen, you know, Pat Mahomes, QB 11 the last three weeks, but it's looked very pedestrian. Um, you know, the wide receivers, you can't really trust any of them. You know, Travis Kelsey looks like a regular tight end now, not even, you know, that upper, not, not that, that, that threshold pushed tight end. Like we what you're used to seeing. He just looks like any other tight end that's out here now. So what are your thoughts about who you can trust in this offense? Well, I mean, it, it should be continue, you know, the only guy that you can trust, obviously, you know, my, Isaiah Pacheco has played really, really well, had over 120 yards in, in a touchdown against Green Bay. It was a, a really, really good matchup for them. But the three people that you can trust is, you know, you can trust Pacheco, 
Rasheed Rice as of late because, you know, he this back-to-back weeks of, a you know, 30, 30% target share, 30-plus percent target share in back-to-back weeks. And so the, the Mahomes is trusting him. They're getting him on the field more. Route participation was 72%, much, much improved, season high, but still you still want, you know, a, a, a bona fide wide receiver one, wide, wide receiver one, high 80s, low 90s, mid 90s in, in that range. So they just need to stop this goofy rotation with all those receivers because, you know, why, why is Sky Moore getting snaps? Why is MBS getting snaps? Justin Watson has been okay, but still, why is he getting snaps over Rasheed Rice? Because from from day one, from game one, it was abundantly clear who the best receiver on the on the Chiefs was, and it was Rasheed Rice. He flashed, he flashed, and he continues to flash. They just need to continue to get him on the field more. So those are the three guys you trust: Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and Isaiah Pacheco. That's about it. Yeah. That's about it on the on the Chiefs side. But Buffalo side, I mean, honestly, like they've they've been humming in the last several weeks since Kevin, you know, Ken Dorsey, you know, got fired. Now, you know, we can. We can decide who to shift the blame to, or you know, to to, to to place the blame on. But you know, Buffalo's offense. I mean, they they were a really really good offense, anyways, even prior to Ken Dorsey's firing. You know, they were third in EPA. They were you know third in, in, in red zone conversions. So they were you know, the top of the league and, and most advanced metrics from a, from an offensive offensive perspective. They were you know they were obviously near the top. The only drawback was turnovers. It was it was they were just turning the ball over, but they they have a very tall task ahead of them. They have Kansas City this week. They got Dallas next week. They got Seattle. So three pretty good teams coming up and they're six and six seasons on the line. They're going to they're I mean, now they're still in the mix, of the playoff race. A lot of the teams ahead of them lost. So that's encouraging for them, but they don't really have margin for errors at all. So they have to basically went out and hope they get a little help to get into the playoffs. Yeah, you, I agree. They, that defense needs to figure it out. I know they, they're getting a little bit more healthy, but that's really what's holding them back is the defense is just a leaky faucet, man. You, you can do almost anything you want at this point with them. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And they need to figure out to get Diggs, man. Diggs has been no call, no show, basically, compared to what we're used to seeing. Just I don't know. It just hasn't looked good for him in the last, what, three, three four weeks now? I th- I think he had a a good game against the the Eagles though. Um, let me see. Before the bye, yeah, he had six for seventy four and a touchdown, so it was okay. But yeah. not he had eleven targets, so it was most targets since week eight. Yeah. So, but seventy four yards, and I think he I think he was six for seventy four at the half and didn't catch anything in the second half. So yeah, yeah, they 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 definitely need to continue to get Diggs going. I I, I one hundred percent agree with that. Um, but next game, next game, we want to talk about. Denver Broncos versus the Chargers. Chargers are two and a half point favorites at home, 44 game total. Denver is still in the playoff race. They lost a close one to the Texans. Um, real quickly on the on the Broncos side, Russell Wilson, probably his worst game of the season. Three interceptions, you know, less than you know, 200 yards passing. He's actually done that in seven out of the last eight games. Seven out of the last eight games. Pretty, you know, not good. I would say not good. <laughs> but, you know, prior to last week, he was taking care of the ball. I think he'd only thrown four interceptions from all season long. But one thing in fantasy that we, you know, we used to see, we, we saw from Russell Wilson earlier in his career, but now we're starting to see a little bit more of it is the fact that he's starting to run the ball again. This is back-to-back games where he's registered double-digit rush attempts. 
because he's had to. He's been playing, playing from behind or, you know, in, in very, very competitive games. And so 10, 10 plus rush attempts over the last two games for Russell, for Russell Wilson. And he's obviously scored a touchdown in each of those two last two games, which is very encouraging from a fantasy perspective since, hey, if you're, if you're not going to throw for 200 yards or, or you're going to have very minimal passing yards, at least get something done on the ground. Get something done on the ground. And when he does throw the ball, he's been throwing it to Cortland, Cortland Sutton. <laughs> he's been throwing touchdowns to Cortland Sutton. So 12 games the Broncos have played, Cortland Sutton has caught a touchdown to nine of them. So he's obviously much, you know, much better, has been much better than Jerry Judy this year. Don't know what don't know what happened to Jerry Judy, honestly. There was a lot of hype for him, but I think the hamstring injury in training camp or in preseason kind of set him back a little bit. And you know, it's it's just basically been the, the Cortland Sutton show, um, whatever, whatever he's called upon. But they have a really good matchup this week. You know, the Chargers, they're 30th versus wide receivers. And so Cortland Sutton could have, you know, a pretty big game. Maybe Jerry Judy can can have a little bit of a resurgence. And then maybe they can get some Marvin Mims on the field for crying out loud. Get more Marvin Mims, get him more routes, get him more targets, get him more opportunities. Because he's a, he's a, a big play guy. And, you know, they were using him a little bit in the early part of the season, very, you know, very minimally. But whenever they were throwing it to him, he was scoring a touchdown or catching a 50-yard pass or whatever it was. And for some reason, they they went away from that. So let's this is this is a you know the, the the type of game where they could potentially you know bring that start bringing that back. They're indoors, and so you know the the, the environment is going to be great. And I think there should be some more points scored in this one. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I know on the Chargers side, their offense looks a little broken right now. I mean, you just, we just saw 6-0 versus the Pats. <laughs> I don't think I've ever ever seen something that bad. Um, yeah, Badly up at the football game, but yeah, 6-0. Austin Eckler specifically has not looked good at all. The last three weeks he struggled, no touchdowns. He's been RB 30, 31, and 34. Target share has only been 11% compared to 20% the three weeks prior where he we, – Weeks eight through ten, where he was pretty much the RB four during that span. So I don't know if it's his ankle that's came back and started bothering him or what, but he just doesn't look he doesn't look explosive at all, man. I don't know what's going on, but I know their offense are dealing with injuries, but they need to figure something out. Is is literally only Keenan Allen? That's it right now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's Keenan Allen, and I know Joshua Palmer's practice window um, opened up this week so that's an encouraging sign i think they benched quentin johnston finally so yeah but they he ended up playing a lot this week i know the previous week he was benched but i mean this past week he 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 played a lot i think he had like five for 50 or something like that but i mean he had to play don't got nobody else so yeah what a a lost season that that that's been for 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 quentin johnston it's just uh it's it's unfortunate it's unfortunate yep all right the game that I want to talk about, probably the game of the week, you know, is the game of the week. We're running it back. Philly versus Dallas at Dallas. Dallas is favored three and a half points. The highest game total of the week also, which is 53 points. Sunday night football. I know we're going to be together watching this one with some of the homies. Mm-hmm. This is definitely going to be one of them, one of them games that is going to be, you know, all, all eyes on this because pretty much this is going to, 
it could de- potentially decide the NFC East. It could potentially decide, you know, the the uh, the number one seed. Maybe I know San Francisco is still right there. Also, they have the advantage. They have the advantage. Uh, both of these teams because they're we talked about earlier. They they smashed both of us. So hopefully they can lose another one. Otherwise, they'll be in the driver's seat for that number one seed, depending on how this game goes. But Fantasy perspective, we got Hertz and Dak. They both scored 25 fantasy points when we played in week nine. Both these teams offensively are top five in EPA per play and top 10 in pass pass rate over expected. Dak is only one of three players to be over 100 total EPA. The, only, the other two are Josh Allen and Brock Purdy. Mm. Dak has the best adjusted fantasy points allowed matchup. This week, the Eagles allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks at 29 points, and it's not close. And they've allowed 300 yards, which is also the most in the last five games. The Eagles' defense also bottom six in EPA per play, EPA per rush, EPA per pass, explosive play rate, explosive rush rate. Those are 10 yards and and more in terms of uh, rushing yards gained. Uh, This defense has been very much food. (laughs) By, by and large, <laughs> by and large, and I don't know what happened. You know, this de- we hyped up this defensive line, but they're getting pressure. But when they don't get pressure, like you can just you can do, do what, what you want. want against the second the secondary. So they have also allowed eighteen wide receiver one, wide receiver two finishes, which is number one, and it's not close. So I mean, I don't really have any questions for this one. We know both teams are going to put up a lot of points. Yeah, it's just and you know where the points are going to go to because both these offenses are pretty condensed in terms of where they want to go with the ball. Yeah, and it's in Dallas and the Dallas, you know, the Cowboys offense, they they routinely score. They sleepwalk into 30 point games at home, especially this year. I think they've won. I don't know how many consecutive home games, but 13, I believe. Yeah, 13 straight home games. So, I mean, they've just they've just been racking it up three and a half point favorites. Uh, I think it's going to be more the same. And honestly, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, Cowboys are going to boat race the Eagles. They're going to boat race mm. the Eagles. Uh, they, I mean, this is the, the Eagles are they're 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 limping in. They just got bullied on you know by, by the 49ers team. A lot you know teams like this, they you know they they tend to go in a slump. And in this defense, like you you continue to give give up as many yards and as many points as they do all season long, like. The bo- obviously the bottom completely fell out last week, and I think the Cowboys are one of the hottest teams in the league. And this offense is just going to continue to do what they want. They did what they want in the first game. It's just the you know the Cowboys when it when it came to details didn't execute when they when when they were supposed to execute. But they they did what they wanted in the in the in the first game, and they'll do what they want in this game. So we're we're going to be looking at you know Dak, who's currently the QB three overall in fantasy. You know, become hopefully, maybe maybe he'll jump Jalen Hurts as you know the QB two or you know challenge for the QB one in fantasy because I think over the last like five weeks or so the Cowboys he's he is the uh, either the QB one or the QB two he's 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 somewhere close he's somewhere close um I'll have to I'll have to double check that but no since since week nine he is the QB one he is the QB one okay well there he it is CJ Stroud is QB two. Yeah, well, well, there it is. There it is. And so, um, but yeah, a lot, lot of points in this one. I think it's business as usual for the Cowboys offense at home. And this is going to be one of the biggest games of the season. Yeah. Now, I will say real quick before we move on, 
that Cowboys defense, when they've played somebody that has a heartbeat, the defense is basically average below average, and you can do what you want on this defense also. So I would keep in mind that, too, that you can confidently start you know, your major pieces for this Eagles offense. I know Dallas Goddard is supposed to, supposed to be back this week also. So he was, apparently he said he was resting up for this, for this matchup. So, and we know he, he likes to eat versus the Cowboys. So it should be a good one on both sides. Both these defenses can be had. Just, you know, play all your Eagles, play all your Cowboys, your major pieces on both teams. Not, not everybody, but yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't play Olamide Zacchaeus or Julio Jones. Or, or, or Jalen Tolbert or Michael Gallup. Oh my gosh, Michael Gallup, man, <laughs> flopped completely, flopped. All right, so we I mean we have two Monday night games. We got the Giants and the uh, Giants and the Packers. Then you know we got we got one of those late season double headers. Pretty cool. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not much on the not much on the Packers side. I mean, we've just talked about Jordan Love having a, a really really good matchup. So I think his success should continue. And then we have Saquon Barkley coming off of bye. He should have a pretty good game against the Eagles. I'm sorry, against the Packers run defense. Packers run defense. I mean, they're you know they're a bottom ten at defending the run, and and they they give up a lot of fantasy points to running backs. So when when Saquon Barkley has faced you know a bottom ten you know uh, you know defending running backs, he's averaged around twenty fantasy points. So we should see a lot of you know Saquon Barkley early and often, and he should have another. It looks like shaping up to at least be another twenty point game for Sha- for Saquon, and then uh, and that we have Tennessee and Miami. You know, the Tennessee Titans at the Miami Dolphins. Not much in, on, on this side. We'll just have to monitor the you know the Derrick Henry injury. Derrick Henry was they said you know they there was a report saying that he was in a concussion protocol, and then the Titans said no, he's not in a concussion protocol. I don't know. I don't know what the update is now. Is he in concussion protocol or no? They said yeah. Frabel said he wasn't. He said he should. He should be good to go on Monday. I, I don't know. When I saw him hit the turf, he looked limp. So he, yeah, he looked very woozy, <laughs> walking around. I don't know, he didn't. Man. He didn't play the rest of that game. He so. did not. He did not. And so is it a concussion know. or not? Nah? Is it a concussion or not? Nah? <laughs> but in any event, I mean, we saw Tajay Spears take twenty-two care, you know, twenty-two touches and turn that to eighty-eight yards. So he's going to be the you know the, the bell cow. Should you know Derrick Henry miss miss time or? be limited in any capacity. And then, you know, the Miami side, I mean, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle have the best wide receiver cornerback matchup on the slate. And <laughs> Tennessee, they allow the second most adjusted fantasy points for the season and sixth in the last five games, uh, you know, two wide receivers. So, I mean, there's not really much to say about Miami and um, that offense. Tyreek Hill currently on pace for 2,100 yards receiving, which would obviously be an NFL record. So he's continuing that pace. And yeah, I mean, Tennessee, the fifth worst EPA per pass in the last five games, it's just going to be, you know, a fireworks show. And when the, when the, and when the Miami Dolphins play bad teams, mm. they cook. Last week they cooked, right? They played the Panthers, they cooked. Um, you just, you just name any bad team they played against. They've, 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 they've turned up, they've turned up the dial. So. More of the same on Monday night for these offenses. So, so next we'll talk about you know a couple of you know one favorable matchup and one unfavorable matchup that we want to you know briefly discuss on this slate. And we just you know just kind of bringing it back to one of the Monday night games, you know the Giants, uh, you know the Giants and Packers. I did I failed to mention that AJ Dillon has a good matchup as well. The Giants run defense; they give up the second most fantasy points 
allowed over the last four games um, to the running back position, and they allow the third most yards per game. And so, and they also allow rushing touchdown per game over that over that same span. And so, um, yeah, I think AJ Dillon. I mean, we we're not overly high on him, but he's getting opportunity. He's going to be out there. I don't think Aaron Jones plays in Week 14. Well, I don't think he practiced today. Or I think since they have a Monday night game, I think their practice window starts, or their, their their practice week starts Thursday, I believe, since it since it's an extra day to uh, to prepare. But I think AJ Dillon has a good matchup, and uh, you know, smash the over on his at least rush attempts. So they're going to give him the ball a lot. The Giants they they are the worst team when it comes to explosive rush rate, fifteen percent. I'm not saying AJ Dillon's going to get that many of them, but it is still worth noting because you know the Giants' rush defense is not very good. So that is a really good matchup for any Packer who's running the ball on Monday night. And then switching gears to unfavorable, we hate to do it to them, but it's it, it's you know we we got, we got to follow the data and it's facts. CJ Stroud does not have a good matchup for the Jets. That passing game in general, me every single week we see. Teams play the Jets, with the exception of the Miami Dolphins, struggle against that Jets secondary. I mean, we, I can just read it off. You know, the, you know, the third worst fantasy-adjusted points allowed in the last five games, third fewest pass yards allowed in the last five games, fifth lowest success rate, fifth lowest early down EPA per play. It's it's just it's not a good matchup for the Texans passing offense. Now, you know, Nico uh, Nico Collins. Has been fantastic over the last couple of games. His, his target share is ramping up. Had a career high 190 yards last week. You know, in in wake of the Tank Dell injury, so they're going to need somebody else to step up as well. But Nico Collins is going to be the number one guy, and he's going to be facing a lot of Sauce Gardner and putting you know, a little bit of DJ Reed. You know, I, I like my boy Nico, but I'm mm. still going to start him. He's the number one. I'm still going to start him, but it's I'm going to be very very cautiously optimistic. <laughs> to see if he can, maybe he can get, maybe he can get loose for uh, for for a couple big plays, um, but oh, but ultimately it's not a good matchup for the Texans passing offense. Yep. All right. Last but not least, we're going to talk about the lowly Thursday night game. We got the New England Patriots versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are sadly favored by six points, a thirty point game total here. Oof. Uh, Take the under. Uh, <laughs> I see. I see a thirteen to ten slugfest. If oh that, my god! I actually might even be giving that too much, too much credit. Yeah, you might be. Uh, it looks like Zappy's going to be starting again. Uh, if you saw what he did versus the Chargers, then you know that it's probably going to be more the same. I don't expect much happening for the quarterback position here. They should honestly just go back to Mac. I mean, this is just. This is just god awful. Um, we saw Stevenson. Uh, apparently, he has a high ankle sprain, so we're not going to be seeing him. We're going to be seeing Zeke. Last last week, when we saw Stevenson get hurt, we saw Zeke handle every every snap in the running back uh, uh, backfield. The only other running backs they have on the roster is Jamichael Hasty and Kevin Harris. So, I mean, those are just jags. So you know Zeke is pretty much going to be the guy this week. Maybe that might mix in Hasty for a little third downward, but outside of that, it should be plenty of Zeke in terms of running the ball or, or catching passes. 
for the wide receivers. We, we've, already spent much time. We have, we've already spent yeah. too much time. We've already spent too much time. Yeah, this, this offense is gross. This offense is gross. The Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> offense is gross. Let's just get out of here and sleep. Bye. Yeah. See, see you later, people. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't you know. really have nothing else on the, pat- on the Patriots side. We don't care about any of the wide receivers. These are all yuck. On to Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh side, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing here we're, we're, we're looking at is how can Mitchell Trubisky, how, how, how will he fare with these wide receivers? Oh, you know, the historic, historical, I don't know, from a historical standpoint, it seems like this is a benefit for Deontay Johnson. He's averaged over 30, 30 plus percent target share with Mitchell Trubisky at the helm um, over the last you know, couple seasons. And he averages 13 fantasy points per game and averages almost two more catches per game so i think right now his prop is set at like four is four four catches on the button i mean i think that's an easy over i think that's a, it's an easy over you know again trubisky likes to favor you know deontay johnson and i think we're gonna see a lot of targets you know go you know go his way um you know from a running back perspective i mean they're facing the worst and i mean the worst adjusted fantasy points allowed matchup in the last four games um, they're allowing the fewest fantasy points per game to running backs in the last four games as well. Lowest EPA per rush since week nine and lowest, you know, and the lowest explosive rush rate. And so like there's, I I, mean, I like Jalen Warren, but the Patriots defense has been playing pretty well as of late. I mean, they, I mean, they held the Chargers to six points. Now, granted, they've lost the last three games. <laughs> While allowing less, while allowing ten points or less, I don't think we've ever seen that in NFL history. Have you? I mean, I, I think that's a record. Yeah, I don't. I I have to go look it up, but I haven't seen anything like that ever. I can think of. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's it's it's going to be an ugly game, and it's you know, it's a thirty point game total for 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 a reason. So we're we're not high on anybody in this. It, for the most part, I mean, we we know Zeke's going to get volume. There's two definitives in this game. Zeke is going to get volume. Deontay Johnson is going to get catches and targets. Outside of that, really not much, much with this game. I know the Steelers are at home, six-point favorites. Maybe Najee Harris gets in the end zone. Maybe Jalen Warren gets in the end zone. But that's about it, man. It's it's an ugly, ugly-ass game. Yeah, I I mean, you said it, you said it best. I don't expect much here at all, so... On that note, let's go ahead and end the show. <laughs> we appreciate y'all Golly, for tapping into a, a horrible game. I know, man. It's, <laughs> it's sad. It's sad. These Thursday night games. We got spoiled for two weeks, but this one is just right back to back back to uh, business, which is trash. So Al, Al Michaels is fucking fed up. <laughs> he's he's like, gonna be this, talking about gambling the whole again. time. Yeah, now he's like, oh, not this again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but we appreciate y'all tapping in with us. Make sure you tap into DestinationDevy.com where we drop all our, our articles besides, you know, me dropping articles. We got Ike dropping the waiver wire pod on Mondays and all the other, all the, all the, all the other content creators that drop things on a daily basis. Make sure you tap in with that. Make sure you tap into the war tool that we, that we have in the Trinity tracker where you can, you know, keep track of wide receivers and how they are performing against, you know, KTC, how they're performing against, uh, expected fantasy points per game and things of that nature. So you can, you know, you know, get an advantage against your league mates in terms of who you should be targeting and who you can be, you know, uh, you know, selling 
depending on when your trade trade uh, deadline is and in your various leagues. Um, Ike, you got anything else? I know. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Off the Line FF. Me on on Twitter at Facey Jeans. That's G E N E S and Ike at just underscore Ike O nine. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, week fourteen. You know, this is a this is the most critical week of the reg. You know, most critical week to this point. You're either in the playoffs or you're not in the playoffs. And yeah, hopefully some of you guys can lock in your buys. Some of you are just maintaining your spot. Or if you're, you know, if you're kind of on the outside looking in, you can win, get some help, and maybe you'll find yourself into the playoffs. So, you know, good luck. Good luck, everybody, in, in week 14. And may your playoff dreams come true. <laughs> on that note, y'all, y'all be safe and fight for that spot. Peace. Peace.